the volume. Oral Sessions is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. It's Thursday, and you know what that means. Oral freaking sessions, baby. If you're listening to this and you're hearing my voice and you're expecting Renee Paquette, I know we sound similar, but you're not getting her today. You're getting me. My name is Emilio Sparks. I produce this program, and Renee is still out on maternity leave. She's also in the process of eating placenta pills and correcting her pelvic floor with Tristratus and doing all the things that a new mom should do. I don't have kids, so I don't know what those things are. If you know what those things are, you can tweet me at Emilio Sparks, E-M-I-L-I-O-S-P-A-R-K-S. Let me know what new moms do because I am clueless. I could ask my own mom, but she hasn't been a new mom in, I don't know, 30 some odd years. So she's going to be no help. Now that you know who's hosting oral sessions with Renee Paquette, let me explain the episode. So Renee's like, hey, listen, pal, you're going to do it this week. I'm like, awesome. I would love to have an opportunity to guest host oral sessions. And here it is, me, you, we're having an oral sesh right now. And she said, hey, we have so much access to whoever we want in the world of professional wrestling, combat sports, pop culture. You take your pick, honey. Who do you want to interview? And I asked her, hey, Chicky, listen, is it possible or would you be cool with me re-airing an interview that I did on my podcast, Wrestle Rap? with the late, great Brody Lee. And she's like, absolutely, do it. So that is what you're going to hear today. And it was a super fun episode. And we're going to discuss this. I never met Brody before this. I knew of Brody. I seen Brody work out in the indies, but I didn't physically know Brody. Now we would speak every day because I was in a group chat with him and Big E. And that group chat is the greatest group chat of all time. I guarantee that. I'll put money on it, in fact. That it was the greatest group chat of all time because it was three close friends just talking about life, work, music, MMA, sports, anything really. And as I was going back and I was trimming this interview down a little bit, I got a little melancholy, but not to the point of tears. I used to cry a lot and that's okay. You know, um, he believed in me and pulled out this incredible energy and and really, you know, gave the rah-rah speeches a couple of times to me and made me believe in my work and who I am. And now I look back with anything in regards to him and I and, you know, just even him in general, whether it's a match or an interview. And I look back with a fondness that I had an opportunity to really know this man. And when we did this interview, it was supposed to be the three of us. It was supposed to be Big E and me and, and Brody. He had something else to do. So Brody's like, hey, I want to bring Amanda. It's his wife. I was like, hey, come to Sirius and we'll do it. And we came in, we sat down and we just proceeded to have this amazing two hour conversation. Circling back and thinking back, you know, yeah, we'll do a, we'll do a part two. We'll do a part three. We'll do a part four. Unfortunately, we never really got to do that because... He passed away. So the only thing that I will say is if you have something you want to do or you want to make amends with people or just whatever, man, like just you want to do something, do it because the amount of time that we have on this earth is extremely finite and time really doesn't exist the way that we want it to. Now, that might sound hippy dippy, but if you think about it this way, time is very, very linear. Time continues to move at one speed. 
its own. No matter how much we want to rush things, no matter how impatient we are, no matter how much we want something to have perfect timing, that doesn't exist. The only thing that exists is when the universe makes us readily available to accept the time in which we're doing. And that's it. So a couple of things, because it is a fairly long interview. Get the Brody Lee Forever t-shirt. All proceeds go to Brody's family. The incredibly talented Lauren Moran donated her services when I wanted to do a Brody Lee Remembrance tea, and she donated her time and she donated her talent. So big shout outs to Lauren Moran. So go to collarandelbowbrand.com. Support that. And yeah, support me. I got a Twitter and Instagram. Follow me on social media at Emilio Sparks, E-M-I-L-I-O-S-P-A-R-K-S. Help me get to 10,000 followers on Instagram. It's incredibly embarrassing when my little brother has 17,000. I want the cool swipe up feature so I can promote all the stuff that I do, all the podcasts that I promote, all the episodes of Oral Sessions, so on and so forth. I don't even know if the swipe up feature is a cool thing to have, but again, it's fear of missing out. FOMO is real. You know, it's all about the clout as... The kids say, if you don't have a swipe up, are you really popping in these streets? Help me get popping. Follow me on social media at Emilio Sparks, E-M-I-L-I-O-S-P-A-R-K-S. But now, without further ado, my conversation with the late, great Brody Lee. Vince likes it low. He doesn't like how I naturally sound. My impression of you when I hear you do promos goes like this. Ready? The bludgeoning (laughs) will come upon the streets of the non-believers. Bludgeon, bludgeon, bludgeon. That's not too far off. No, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're just a couple of real people, a couple of dads. Evil eyes. Evil eyes. One of us is bald. One of us pretends he's not. You got a good head of hair on you, though. I mean, you say that, but honey, you want to weigh in on that? No? Okay. I think you do. (laughs) I think it's fine. I mean, it's fine for now. It works. It's long. It's It's still still, good. I mean, some parts are long. You can't be that self-conscious about your hair. Come on. I mean. Look at the size of you. Does that matter? Yes. I think it makes me more self-conscious. Why? There's more of me to be conscious about. What are they really going to look at when they first see you? Beard down to your nipples or the top of your head? If I'm in a ring and there's light shining on it, top of my head. Okay. All right. All right. All Honey, right. did you want to weigh in on this? I'm good. Okay. So a conservative haircut is out of the question. Well, I'd like to cut my hair, but she will not have any of it. No. So you like the long hair? Oh, yeah. Big time. I'm, see, I'm glad that you do because like, I have had discussions with women that I, I've went on dates with and like, would you ever cut the hair for me? And I go, no, God, no. No, no. I like the longer hair. You tell them first date? Oh, yeah. Let them know. I don't cut my hair because my mother even asked me to do it. I'm going to do it for some women that's going to ghost me in like two weeks. <laughs> you don't know that. I, with my luck, probably. All right, all right. You know, right. like, oh, where do you see this going? I, I met you off Bumble. I don't know. <laughs> It's uncomfortable. <laughs> Is it? <sighs> I have known nothing about it. Well, how many years are you guys out of the uh, the dating pool? 37 at this point. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it feels like. I'm telling you, it's not fun. Amanda, I'm going to open up. And that's this is who we're talking to. We're talking to. How do you like to be addressed? Is it Luke Harper, Harper, Brody Lee, Brody? Like, what can we call you? Uh, they call me Harper today, I guess. Uh, all, right, all right. So we're going to keep it canon. 
Yeah, right. call me Harper. All right. All right. You can get more hits, maybe. <laughs> but we also have um, Harper's lovely wife, Amanda. Now, Amanda, I'm going to show you my Bumble. Feel free. If you see a pretty girl, swipe right. So wait, how do I use Bumble? You just swipe oh. right if you like a girl. Oh, okay. And do- if you don't like a girl, you swipe left. How do I use Bumble? Like it- you don't know. It's all on my phone. I'm on the road. Four days a week, she's at home bumbling. Oh, yeah, big time. Now, what what am I like? Well, you can also scroll up. Like, the way you're doing it, you can check out their pictures. And then they have, like, a little bio. Most of the time, they're wonderlusters who like to travel and do soul cycle. I mean, this this girl's really pretty, but I feel like she's would be difficult. She's a business owner at a salon. She's problematic. Harper knows the type of woman I like. So. Yeah, I don't, though. I've, I've only heard about you. I've heard a lot about you. Good things, I hope. A very good thing. Oh, good. He'll, good what good. he'll do is he'll bury you, like, to your face, yeah. but then behind your back, like, he'll praise you, because that's what he does with me. But he's never buried you. See, but to me, well, he buries you. me all the time. No. And he's like, oh, Emilio, can't wait to meet you, because all I do is talk about and how nice, you know, how good you are. Yeah. And I was like, you do? Yeah, <laughs> all the time. It's all at work. Yeah. It's all an illusion. It's all smoke and mirrors. <laughs> He sings your praises. She told me on the way here, actually, in the Uber, she goes, just so you know, you wouldn't be where you are today without me. It's true. And I was like, that just seems out of the blue and a little stiff. He said he could be done with me. I said, thank you. Did I say that? Yeah. I forgot that part. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. No, my father would be a complete mess without my mom. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. See? Like, do you call her when you have to go to the store for her and to make sure that you get the specific items needed? Oh, my needed? God. It's a three-text ordeal, and I make <laughs> sure that I check the text 14 times. Because if I come home with the wrong item, she'll be like, oh, I guess I have to go to Target now. And oh, then, my dad calls. And then He say, don't text. Oh, oh so you don't, you we don't, know I don't. We don't call. We only text. But you know I wouldn't pass up a chance to go to Target by myself. You are a little Target fanatic. <laughs> Is that because you just want to get away from the kids? Yeah, 100%. He was offended on the car ride here. He's like, I miss the kids. And I was like, I'm good. He's like, I can't believe you don't miss the kids. <laughs> she goes, I don't like, miss the kids. I'm with them 24. So I do miss them. But like, Oh, you do now? Because we're on air? No. I always <laughs> miss them. <laughs> but I, I appreciate a break. I appreciate like some time away. So is it rough when he's on the road and you have to be both mom and dad? And not to discredit you as a dad, because I think wow, you're an amazing Jesus. dad. Go ahead. But is it rough to be the disciplinarian and then to be the mom? I'm bad cop. And like he's he's a great dad when he's home. He's super, super helpful. Even when he's home, he's still good cop. So yeah. as soon as he walks in the door, uh, our oldest, I don't exist in his world as soon as dad walks in the door. So right now, the baby still lights up when he sees me. I so did I'm get sure in a little bit change. of trouble this morning when uh, the baby was crying at about 730. We both got up at the same time. And then she said, she looked over and said, do you want me, <laughs> do you want me to take care of it? And I said, yes. And I laid back down <laughs> and she, she had heat with me. The, I mean, you asked me. Just say, go get the baby and I will. Yeah. Don't ask me. Don't give help. me the option. I thought you'd at least help a oh, little. I was so tired. <laughs> See, I love it, man. This is what uh, a, this is, but this is what a healthy relationship is, though. Well, is it? you know my, you know my uh, theory of a healthy relationship is based on fear. Yes. And I fear my wife. I fear her just most. looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> like when she walked in before, when you guys walked in, I was just like, uh-uh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? No. no I'm just playing along. <laughs> I thought, oh wow. What a nice lady. What a nice lady, but what nice my eyes. God, if you wronged her. What would be like one of the things, like one of those little minute little things that would cause a hurricane in the house? 
Oh, I know one thing. She makes dog food for our two dogs. Because <laughs> I'm a crazy person. And uh, we have a fridge out in the garage where she'll store all of it. Uh-huh. And then we will bring like five or six in at a time. And sometimes on a Friday, I'll use the last two that are in the fridge inside. And then I'll get an angry text about how I didn't bring more dog food in. Okay, so when you also, use something all up, <laughs> all I ask is that you bring the ones in the freezer outside, inside, so they could thaw. So then the next day when I go to feed the dogs, the dog food's there. That's totally reasonable, right? I mean, this is and my thought every process. every single time he does this. This is my thought process. When I'm done feeding these dogs, my responsibilities are pretty much done for the day, which means that I can put Tito's and Monster into my shaker cup and enjoy my evening. To be fair, he's usually <laughs> drinking before he feeds the dog. So uh, the, the other the other hurricane would be leaving ten shakers. Oh my god! In a car, <laughs> all dirty. <laughs> no, we have a cabinet where all the protein shakers go. And I went looking for them. I'm like, I swear we had a whole bunch. So I texted him like, Hey, what happened? I figure he, you know, maybe lost them on the road or whatever. So. I was cleaning out the other car. I go and find them and I find 10 dirty protein. I don't know if you've ever found a dirty used protein shaker, but it smells like death. And I was so angry. Okay, yeah, that, that was that was the last bad one. Did you guys meet when you guys were wrestling? Because Amanda used to wrestle long time ago. Uh, I actually was a fan when I met him. She was uh, a mark, guys. I was. <laughs> I've been a wrestling fan my whole life, so I was actually dating one of the other guys. Oh. I was straight out of an all-girls high school. He was the first boy I met. Um, I was dating somebody else, and I walked in. He met me, and he was absolutely baffled why I was with my ex-boyfriend. Which good place, back, <laughs> good place. Looking back, I get Confused. it. I get it. If you met him, you'd you'd get it. Very nice man. You but. know he's going to listen to this. Hi, Anthony. Yes. <laughs> God. But we became friends, and one night he gave me a ride home from the wrestling show because we lived down the street from each other. My brother was with us. We pull in the driveway. My brother's like, you want to come in and meet our cat? I was like, there's no way this grown man wants to meet our cat. And he came in. We sat on my parents' couch for, I don't know, like eight hours, and I fell in love with him. Broke up with my boyfriend the next day. I was going to say, is cat a code word? (laughs) No, nothing happened that night. (laughs) Wow, look at you, you charmer, you. Yeah. Unbelievable. It is, actually. It's the eyes. Something. It's the eyes. <laughs> Very beautiful man. Did you have the beard back then? Not He's full always on. had some kind of facial hair. It's changed throughout the years. Like, there's been an occasional, like, yeah. a Fu Manchu or a goatee or something. Or was it the Huber Boy 2 look? That was when it happened. So. Yeah, it was. It was the Huber Boy 2 look. And then you decided to wrestle as the Hubet? No. <laughs> God, no. No? No. Huh. That's that would make us related. That'd be weird. The Hubers were, could have been like, who are they from Slapshot? Oh, the Hansons. Yeah, yeah. They, they could have been. You don't know if the Hansons are related. <laughs> I hope they are. They could just be like, you know what? I, you're a drifter. Come hang out. <laughs> True. Let's get this over. And, but and then I give you the same last name and I'm still trying to date you. She got the last name anyway. That's, so That's a good point. To be fair, you didn't want to date me. I chased after you. Oh, right, here we go. Years. See, she can. She he always has a sprinkle in a little burial. It's not a burial. It's a it's little a bit fact. of a put over, and then sprinkle a little burial. Sorry, it's a fact. Well, maybe he didn't want to date another wrestler. Yeah. He didn't. Maybe oh. he didn't want to be the cliche. He yeah, didn't. Exactly. He absolutely didn't want to date another. Wrestler. That's right. Flat out told me. That's a great line. It really worked. It did. It did. <laughs> hey, let me see your cat. I don't want to date wrestlers. <laughs> Boom. Oh, we're dating. Thirty-seven yeah, years later, two kids. <laughs> two kids. So let's talk about you. Let's talk about. 
Harper, Brody Lee, Huber Boy, <sighs> Big Rig, yeah. the whole nine, man. Um, how you and I hit it off <laughs> was because of fellow WWE superstar. Fellow. My son's best friend. Your son's best friend. Yeah. Big Ernesto Langston. <laughs> Ernesto Langston. I think that's it. Yeah, it's Ernesto. <laughs> so what happened was, I don't know how the conversation started, but him and I were talking about MMA and he put you over as an MMA guy and he said he was listening to hip hop. So I sent him a couple of links to be like, hey, if he likes X, Y, and Z, he'll like this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And he sent them to you. He's like, yeah. you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to cut yeah. the middleman out. So I'm just going to introduce. Let's put this in a group and see what happens. I was absolutely baffled when he told me uh, a few weeks ago, he's like, yeah, I've never met him. And I was like, you yeah, yeah. Talking to him for how long now? I'll talk about our group all the time. Like, oh, this was said, or this happens, and then she, and then I said, yeah. It's like when I go down there, I'll be the first. She's like, wait, you haven't met him? No. I'm like you talk to him all the time because I'll we'll be sitting on the couch watching TV and like he'll message and, and I don't like look over and I'm talking to Ian Amelia. Oh, okay. So I told him, I was like, you know, I've never officially met him, nope. but I know he exists and I seen him work outside of WWE. Yep. And he was like, well, what do you mean? And I told the story that it was the Ace Arena. Ace Arena. It's in Union City, New Jersey. I think it was a Chikara show. It was a Chikara show. Okay. And I saw this shoe hit you in the face. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if this was part of the show or Not just whatever it was. Mid, or mid-match. The, mid-match. Shoe hits your face. You break character. Mm-hmm. You hop over the guardrail, which is easy because your Perfect, wheels yeah. are just tremendous. <laughs> well. <laughs> you hop over the, the guardrail and chase this dude out of the, he left the arena. Building, yeah. He left the building. And Ace Arena is not a huge building, but I did chase him to the door and out onto the street. I just didn't think it was right to be hit with a shoe mid-match. And... Uh, Against my better judgment, I went into the crowd. I've done that a few times, and again, against my better judgment. <laughs> I turned to my cousin, and I go, I'm a fan of this guy. Because <laughs> I didn't know if it was a work or not. God, what year? Was that 2007? Yeah. Whew. Yeah, that was Chikara. And Chikara was fun to me, and I didn't know that existed until that year. So my cousin was putting it over, and he's like, Ultra Mantis Black, yeah. and Los Ice Creams, oh, and Los Ice Creams. he was like, you have to come and see this. I go, what is this? He goes, it's like comedy and pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. He goes, you'll love it. That was yeah. the first time I went. Oh. So that was, so when I saw Beautiful. you do that, I was like, Absolutely. I'm a fan. <laughs> and you didn't have merch either, so I wanted not. to buy a shirt. Very lazy. Yeah. Very lazy on the indies. Never had merch. What, why are you shaking your head? <laughs> Just like how you sprinkled in the, on the Indies as if something's changed now. Are you saying that I'm lazy now? I'm going to go back to Bumble. Okay. <laughs> God. Oh, and Amanda, if I match with anybody and they start to message, pretend to be me. Okay. God. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever play one of the Los Ice Creams? No, uh, I've always wanted to. Um, I don't think I was talented enough. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. I don't think I could hide my mannerisms enough. Because the guys that did were very good at it and uh, were two of the most entertaining characters I've ever seen wrestling. And I loved, I bought I bought their merch. I bought <laughs> theirs too. You didn't have any, so I had to buy theirs. Mm-hmm. And then every time I went to a Chikara show after that, I would always buy the updated version of mm-hmm. the Los Ice Cream shirt. And it's great because Quack didn't have to pay somebody twice. I remember I sent you a picture of me wearing the Los Ice Cream shirt. Oh, love it. As I was talking to a girl on the train. And I'm like, hey, do you think yeah. this just screams dork? I think it screams heartthrob. Also, you don't know whether or not the Los Ice Cream shirt could be pro right. wrestling right. Could, or if it can be Billionaire Boys Club subdivision, which is called anywhere. Ice Cream. Yeah, it could go anywhere. So I was real lucky. And you could make up a story with it. You got a lot of openings there. 
Yeah, I said I work at an ice cream parlor. I own it. I, I own, own it. it. I own seventy of them. I own yeah, all across Pennsylvania. Yeah, in Mexico. Yeah, Los ice creams. Hero <laughs> de Sparks. Yes, yes. You know, beautiful. Oh, yeah, he's texting. Say hi. Shouldn't he be at? Shouldn't yeah, he be? My at, phone is yours for the day. Oh, well, I don't know. Shouldn't he be at a show? I don't know. Not I didn't here. Read, I didn't read. The he's text. supposed to be sitting where you are. Oh my god, I didn't read the text. It's okay, so read the Okay. On air. Go on air. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm mad at him. <laughs> but um so so yeah, so that was where this thing mm-hmm. started and f- yeah. ever since then I've always been a fan of your work. Eleven years later. Yeah. I never went to a trios though. Oh, trios is the best. Yeah. I didn't have much luck in trios, but uh it was always the biggest show for them and um I'm, I was gonna say I did a cage match during a trios, but I don't think it was. Would you ever look back at that time fondly and go, damn, if there was anything I can do differently, what would I do? Elon's picks. Sorry. <laughs> Wait, do you want to answer this question? I didn't hear the question. I'm this, sorry. If, do I ever look fondly at the Indies when I was now? Everything. Grass is always greener anywhere but where he's standing. I'm, I'm going to leave that. I am that. the same way. There's always this odd existential dread to do anything. Right. And... Uh, I don't know if it's grass is greener or there's a fondness of that time to me. Maybe I romantize, romant, how do you say that? Romanticize. Yeah, that one. Uh, maybe I do that a little bit to some of my past, but I don't know. For the most part, I thought it was good times. Well, you also got to remember too, you were in a class before that big boom happened. Right. Where it was uh, cool to be an independent worker. And now it's very different where there's all kinds of different work out there now and it's a different landscape. So yeah, I, I would say fondly. She might disagree, but. She's not listening. Would you do anything different if you if you were coming uh, up now? Yes, I would definitely try to have merch. Have merch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and understand the position that I was in, being a bigger guy in the indies, maybe try to use that to my advantage more as opposed to just a guy filling a spot. There's not a lot of guys like that out there. I see, and, but I got to disagree with you, though. Hmm? I don't think you were just a guy filling a spot. Right, but I think I could have struck more while the iron was hot. And again, the iron only got so hot at that time of the independence, but I don't know. I think I left something on the table. Well, I think you did pretty good for yourself. <laughs> well, yeah, now now, you know. now it's okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> here's what impressed me about your work. You're a big dude. What are you, like seven feet? Uh, six, eight. Six, eight. Six, six seven. 250. Big guy. <laughs> 275. 275. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest big man in the business. Greatest big man in the business. As I like to tweet. Yeah. Greatest big man in the business. Great. You got a great Twitter. And thank you very much. <laughs> and what impressed me with you is you could do the little guy stuff. Mm-hmm. You were doing Huda Conradas. Mm-hmm. You were doing dives out of the ring. Mm-hmm. And I never saw this before because mm-hmm. I was always like, oh, wait a minute. You have this big dude right. flying like a Lucha Libre. So much so that I have on a collection. I have on a tape when tape trading was the thing. Oh, yeah. It was a two CW match. It was you, Rich oh. Swan. Sammy, Sammy Callahan, Callahan and Neville and Neville and you hit four seconds into the match <laughs> a Huda Conrad. I love that match. It's in a mall in Utica. I, I remember it fondly. <laughs> I remember that show. I do too. So when did you know you can do all the flippy doos? Um, there was a guy named Cheech and up in he moved in Rochester and kind of was uh, not huge, but was a bigger guy who could do stuff like this. And then I went to a camp of sorts with Chris Hero and Claudio Casignoli. And we were doing flips out of the ring and we were doing like these rolls into the ring and these Eddie Guerrero flies over the top and like, and these uh, hurdles onto the top rope and then like rolling back. And 
I did a whole bunch of them and I was like, holy cow, I can, I can do this. And then you learn more of that, like through the body control and stuff like that, where, you know, you're not hurting yourself doing it. Once I started doing it on shows, it was like, oh, wow, you're a really great wrestler because you can do these four moves. And I was like, oh, well, I like this. I like this, how this sounds. So I just kind of figured it out as I went. So it was pretty much just trial and error. Yeah. And then we would just train so much. We worked the same people so much. I'd be working Cheech and I could do the Hurricane Ronas to him. And then and with Claudio all the time and uh, guys like Hollow Wicked. And then you just get the confidence and you're like, oh, I can do this to anybody. A couple times you get dropped on your head and then you realize you can't do it to everybody. But uh yeah, mostly trial and error, and then the reactions that the crowd would give were, I mean, that's all I need. Side note, I wish we had a minute to, like, touch base on what yeah, yeah. what you were interested in. I feel like I have really good taste, but I don't know. Spanish, big well, ass. Are you speaking for me, yeah, or are you just telling her, oh, yeah, oh, great, yeah. I don't know if he's speaking for, her, for himself or for you. <laughs> it's nice that you know. Oh, well, I mean, you share. All right, so let's talk about a little bit more with with Chikara because I always thought that Brody Lee came from Bruiser Brody and mm-hmm. Jason Lee. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a mixture of both. I did not know that you were like, hey, I kind of look like Banky, so yeah. I'm just going to be like Brody Lee. So the name comes from Mallrats, yeah. Jason Lee, Brody Bruce, and the look just kind of, I gave up on life. Uh, uh, <laughs> what? I didn't say oh, anything. Oh, okay. You're very <laughs> quiet or they're judging me. I'm, I'm, I'm on uh, humble, okay? People this always ask, like, how, how do you grow a beard like that? And I said, man, you don't do anything. It's very easy. Then Quackenbush and Mitch Ryder suggested in Chicago, why don't you just be this, this crazy truck driver that these guys picked you up on the side of the road and now you're their friend, but you're just nuts. I said, oh, okay, I could try that. That was, I think, 07 and been doing it since. The look, the gear all went with you. Yep. So it was uh, just this evolution I'm of, so happy. was it the same t-shirt and jeans? It was. I still have a couple of those in my closet. And then when we got to developmental, of course, Bill DeMont wanted to make me and uh, Rowan wear trunks to the ring a few times. And man, I've never been more uncomfortable. Um, I wasn't quite in shape then. Now, no, uh, now, no, now, no. Now I'd like to wear some trunks. No, because when <laughs> I found the picture, You love that picture. And I said... <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's photoshopped in some way, shape, or form. And then me and E were like, you should go back to Trump's. Yeah. I mean, I would now. I'd love to now. Maybe someday. Well, you're actually wearing wrestling gear now. Yes. It's the first time in my 10 years that I've had to carry so many bags of gear. The pants are so big. The jackets. There's a mask. There's a mallet. So much gear. I freak out every time I go to the ring. And I literally am doing a check. Because my biggest fear was just walking across and staring at Rowan and then just going, oh, my God, I didn't put the, the title on. Oh, my God, I'm not wearing or just anything, you know? And like, so I literally do a checklist now. Okay. Because I'm insane. Does he look at you and be like, no, you're good. Mask, uh, no. coat, no, because mallet, what jacket. Ha- what happens is he says goodbye because he has to go to some awkward part of the stage so that he can walk in and see each other. So about 10 minutes before the match, he just goes, all right, see ya. And then I don't see him until we walk across and he muffles something under his turn now. And I said, yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) You ever feel like with the hillbilly thing and then the truck driver thing and what you were doing with Mm -hmm. the Wyatt stuff, even now, you ever feel like you've been typecasted? Oh, you think? (laughs) I'm asking. (laughs) Just Uh, thinking about it off the top of my head. I was like, this is a question I should ask. I mean, in a way, yes, but it's not, it's not something that I totally disapprove of. 
I think there's an issue with the way I speak and maybe it's a little too clear and eloquent and uh, some people don't like that. They think people looking like me shouldn't be able to speak well, I guess. But yeah, I would say you could say I've been typecast. I loved you in Mohawk. You were the reason why I watched it mm-hmm. and it was on Netflix and I was like, oh man, because you, you were hyping it up. I, was I like, love it. Oh, yeah. I got I to gotta check this out because I saw the common attractions. You were really good. Thank you. Like you could act. I appreciate that. I don't know. I don't think I do know how to act. No. See, the the <laughs> the, the typical professional wrestler in a movie right, right. isn't what you were doing. And when I got the script and read through the first and I was like, man, and then keep turning the pages and I'm still alive. And oh, and there, here's some dialogue. And here, no, now I'm crying over a dead body. Oh, now I'm crying over this, this woman. And it's like, oh, it's not the typecast thing. And it was like very... It was good for me. Well, I like the character of Lacken. That yep. was you. It was more of a physical thing first, but it wasn't a physicality that showed your masculinity. Right, right. It was more like you saw the arrow go through, I guess, your commander's mm-hmm. neck. And you're so loyal to your commander that you were like, I can't believe this is happening right, right now. As you're putting your hand on his neck right. to stop the bleeding. Right. And the story was told on your eyes because well, you had all the, you were sweaty and you were dirty and like the beard was just all verklempt and, you know, and I'm looking at it and I'm like, yo, his eyes are and, really telling a story right now. Like that is And that's right. what I don't, because we get out there and we get in a trailer and I sit in a trailer for seven hours and then they go, okay, let's go. And I say, all right. And they go, okay, first scene, uh. We're kind of shooting out of order here, so you're going to cry over this dead body. I didn't know anybody on the set. And he's like, man, I really just need you to cry on this. And I was like, I don't know <laughs> if I can do that. So, And then there's no words. There's nothing to express. what. So I don't know. Well, you had a good grasp of the character because I think he was, he was plagued with the idea of I have to do bad things, but right. I'm not necessarily a bad person. Right. I'm listening to who's telling me what to do because that's what I'm supposed to do, but I don't really approve of set actions. So did you understand that like right from jump? Oh, yeah. Did they say, listen, I read through it and then that was kind of the director's vision of that character. He's like, you're the moral compass of the movie. And it's very important to have one of you to be in between this terrible violence and these people that you're chasing. So, yeah, I felt there was a sense of, damn, I really don't want to be doing this, <laughs> but I'm told I have to right. do this. And, and it goes on and on. And then my leg breaks. And then that was fun. So how did you get the role? Because you were out. You were injured, right? I was out injured. I uh, got a call randomly from Talent Relations saying, uh, hey, someone's reached out looking for you to be in a movie. And my first thought, and she could probably second this, is I go, oh, they must think that I'm Bray Wyatt. They got the wrong person. <laughs> so then I called back, and then we did like a Skype interview, just talking to this guy, Ted, who I didn't know. And I'm just talking, reading these lines, thinking this is horrible. And then about a week later, they called and said, oh, we'd love to use you. Are you scheduled for anything in September? I said, nope, all set. Uh, should just be getting back from my surgery right around then. So, And then he goes, well, your character's going to have uh, a leg brace on. Is that going to be a problem? I said, oh, I don't think so. <laughs> I just had surgery, uh, my patella, and had, I'm wearing a leg brace. So, no, everything's fine. Was it uncomfortable at first to learn the lines or, or what? Did you think that, uh, wow, wait a minute, could I be an actor? Could this be something I want to do? Because you had before that, you were yeah. in a USA. You had a cameo that was a after. That oh, was no, after, that. yes. Wow. So I drove up there to do like, I guess they call it a table read. And it was just very awkward and like, I didn't know anybody. And these people all knew each other because they'd been there for a little while. And then we went out to dinner and like, people literally just wanted to ask me about Brock Lesnar. 
because they don't know who I am, but they know that I'm in wrestling and they know Brock Lesnar's in wrestling and that he was just fighting in MMA. So like, it was kind of like perfect storm of, Oh, you know, your buddy's fight. He's your, there, you know, Brock Lesnar, your buddy. Yeah. Yes. I was like, ah, so that's all they wanted. So I was like, this is really weird. And then going back to the set, first thing out there crying over a dead body. And then I guess doing that first was the best thing that could have happened to me because everything else after that was easier, I guess. And then you got the bug. Yeah. Oh my God. Bad. So now do you go for auditions and uh, we're working on that slowly, but surely, I mean, I have one priority right now and that's to make money through professional wrestling. Yes. So I have to kind of keep that in mind when pursuing other stuff. Yeah. So slowly, but surely. So have you thought about maybe taking improv classes or like doing Stanislavski or the Meisner method where, uh, you, can, where you can find a, a source to tap into? We did a bunch of classes on the road actually. And when it all in developmental, we would do acting classes and, uh, I did get a lot of good stuff out of them, but I don't know. So you were method. Yeah, I guess. I, what the hell does that mean? Like, okay, so <laughs> you would you would immerse yourself in the role. I wasn't as deep as some, I guess, but I guess I just tried to put myself in a position of how would Lachlan react or think yeah. about, and like, I don't know. I don't know if it worked, but. Uh, it's better than what Jared Leto was doing when he would play the Joker in Suicide Squad. <laughs> he would send people boxes full of dead snakes. What a horrible movie. You didn't like it? No. I thought it was all right. It was, it was, it was so light. It, light? It, it should have been. Suicide been, Squad was light. It should have been four hours. No, I, I could not. No, I could do two hours tops. They didn't, they didn't delve into anybody. They're not supposed to. It's ah. just this quick come together, cash cow. Let's get yeah, everybody okay. ready to I'll, hype up Justice I'll League. give you that. Well, ju- is that what I just watched on the plane? That was ju- terrible. I didn't get through it. I, don't I got 15 you. minutes in and said, you know what? This, yeah. They're not Marvel. No, they're definitely not. But my guy stars in Justice League, though. Who? I'm a big Jason Momoa, Mark. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. you and every every woman on Earth. Well, you know. Honey? Meh. Wow. Well, all right. I mean, he's got the long hair and, like, kind of facial hair, so it's kind of my type, but. But he's not Dave Grohl. He's not you. Oh, good answer. Good That's answer. really nice. Good answer. <laughs> That's really She's in love with Dave Grohl. I dig, like, dark hair and, like, kind of scraggly. and. Do you? That's it. weird. That's weird, right? <laughs> it's hard to believe. But Dave Grohl smokes, and that, like, that ruined it for me. Mm. It's yeah. actually awesome. Uh, we went to a concert in Cleveland and got her on stage. She was very excited. Yeah. And so Dave Grohl's about two feet from us, and he's singing. And it's great. The whole first half's great. And then he takes this little break, and he comes and walks right next to us. And I'm like, oh, she's freaking out. This is great. And then I turn, and I see him lighting up a cigarette. <laughs> and I go, oh, this is perfect, because I know she hates it. <laughs> So it was like the biggest love of her life matched with the worst thing on earth. So then when he started singing Everlong and he looked at you, you were like, I'm done. Oh, no. She was back in by that point. Once I mean, the cig- I'm sure once the cigarette went out, she was back oh, okay. in. <laughs> so the reality of smoking was like, all right, this is yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. Once he starts singing Everlong, it's I'm back, back on. in. Yeah, yeah. back in. Yeah. 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 All right. Okay. All right. I can see the comparison. Long hair, scruffy. I've got a type. What do you want? You do. See, but long hair is in, though, man, with the beard as well. Exactly. I, I, I think the Wyatt family made that happen. Do you do any beard oils and stuff like that? Uh, no, I buy them for him and he refuses to use them. It's just so much work. Everything is so much work. Beard oils, put a little in your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Right, then I got to wash my hands. Let's <laughs> wipe them on your jeans or your sweatpants. Then I got to sweat. Then I got to change my pants. No, you don't. <laughs> you make it such a difficult thing. You just leave it on your hands? 
And I put a little bit in my hair when it's done. So it's done. And it's still there, though. I, it goes away. I no, bought them stuff for in the shower. Your, you're definitely washing your hands. It depends on where I am. If I have the like the beard bomb and I have a towel next to me, see, and I get out of the shower, There's it's a, a whole two, other step. It's a two second grab. Though. A whole other step. Towel, hands done. Three steps. Maybe. Remember the conversation <laughs> where you were like, "Oh, are you calling me lazy?" I'm just, <laughs> just, just gonna remind you. Of I'm, that. I'm just gonna remind you. Might be the laziest person on earth. <laughs> To get to where I got in life, I think it's it's pretty admirable. There is not a lot of information about you anywhere. Like you are the most hardest man to find via Google. And I don't really like to do show prep. I to just like f- to have a natural conversation. To be fair, there's not much going on with me. Oh, stop. <laughs> you have this really interesting story. And so much so that they did the formerly known as yes, piece on you. That was awesome. And it humanized you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Wow. They just don't make him look like a, my eyes are going to show right. that I'm going to eat your face. You know what I mean? <laughs> Even though you didn't like Suicide Squad, I'm, I'm, I'm back in. Okay, okay. That's it's, good. It, it's okay. I mean, it was all right. <laughs> what didn't you like about it? It was just a fluff piece. All comic book movies I know, are fluff but pieces. You, I wanted a little bit more, a little, you know, delve into a little bit something. All right. That's all. Right. all. Listen, all. you're an actor now, so. Yeah, I can talk on this, you right? You can talk on this stuff. <laughs> You can talk about the script and right, the character right. development. I mean, how it dare happens. they? Are they method? What's wrong with these people? I don't know. Maybe they... Well, Jared Leto was method. Should take a lesson from me. I can't wait till you win an Academy Award. Or oh. a People's Choice. I can't either. Yeah. Right? That's, a different ty- that's a different type of money. Amanda. There she is, reaching, <laughs> reaching for that money. That's the only reason you're with me. Oh, yeah. It's, it's what I, I thought when we were wrestling. It was an investment. Like it, was, it was an investment to like, you. Yeah, though. man. I'm after this you guy's looked, wallet. You looked, you saw, oh, you're like, there's four people watching today. <laughs> but next week, there's going to be 10. And the week after that, 20. This guy's a star. I could see it. Oh, yeah. That's that's 100% what I thought. It was an investment. I'm going to start dating him now. So when he cashes in, yep. I'm still here. That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> she would, to me. She you're would wait on, on the side of the library when people would do overdue books. And she'd be like... <laughs> There's another tax you're forgetting. Don't let him like get you over with a dollar twenty five. Of course, it's ten bucks. Yeah, yeah. So in your wrestling career early on, you were working another nine to five. I worked lots of nine to fives. Uh, this one right here got me a job at Walmart at one point, so I could stock shelves while wrestling. Worked in a bakery. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say you made cannolis. Made cannolis. Hated life. Hated life because I had to get up at three thirty. It was a bad decision. But now uh, you know how to make cannolis. Though. No idea. He knew how to wrap them. I mean, my job basically consisted of frying up the shells and like kind of putting, I don't know. It was very- You would put the cannoli was, cream into the shells? It was so early. And then package them and then set them, you know. As an Italian time. man, cannolis are like one of my favorite things oh. when I do allow myself to eat sugar. We love cannolis. Did you put the chocolate chips in them? Every, every so often. So you have a trade. <laughs> You're a baker. I don't know if, I, I mean. Did you ever make scones? I, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? You're in a bakery. You're working it at 3 o'clock in the morning. in the morning. Yeah, I was barely alive. But you're still making stuff. <laughs> I guarantee you, if we were to sit here, you can probably write down There's how to no, make cannolis. I'm telling you 100% I couldn't. No, because it wasn't like an actual bakery. It was, it was like, one uh, of those, like we mass produced them for yeah. Wegmans. Mm. Like a grocery store yeah. thing. But it was this tiny little bakery. All right, how about this? Next time you come over to my house, <laughs> my mom will teach you how to make cannolis okay. in two seconds. Now I'm in. Two seconds. And she'll make them homemade with you. But if you tell her, oh, hey, this guy knows how to make cannolis, mom. Don't do that. Just let- <laughs> <laughs> No, she'll probably be like, I guarantee you he doesn't know how to make them my way. Of course. And then she'll be I like, just- <laughs> she'll be like, come here, tie your beard, tie yeah, your yeah. hair, 
and she'll teach you step oh. by step. It's like three ingredients. It's beautiful. And you'll you'll love it. And it'll be something that you could surprise Amanda with. Like when you guys are just trying to be romantic and you want to have like a little like dessert eat? in bed. She doesn't let me eat in bed. No, you can't. <laughs> I'm sorry. You cannot eat in bed. Okay, my reasoning. Here we go. If you have ever seen this man eat rice, you would understand why he's not allowed to eat in bed because he will come out and they're literally in his beard. We went to Denny's on the drive here and as he was paying, I was picking crap out of you his beard. You picked one thing out. I still had to pick stuff out of your beard. Either way. Either way. You're not getting surprised with a cannoli. That's okay. So this is where I see where there is a, a crack in the marital oh, foundation. Because I won't time. let him eat in bed. Yeah. yeah. That's where big it starts. Well, That's where it starts. Do you fault. let the kids eat in bed? No. All right. Oh, well, if she's not letting oh, the kids no. do it, yeah, no. you're not doing it either. Mm-mm. All right. No. So, uh, when uh, Brody, she leaves. Brody will come in and like be like, Mama, can I sit on your floor and eat breakfast? Yeah. I'll be like, yeah, that's fine. So dude. you can stay in bed? Yeah, 100%. <sighs> if I get a chance to stay in bed, Brody is up. Wow. Have you taught Brody how to take care of the little one yet? Oh, he's working. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He helps. He helps a lot. He has a big help. Changing the diapers and stuff. No, he won't do that. that. He will. He will move the baby. Okay. So if the baby's crawling towards an outlet, and I don't want to get up, I say Brody. But it's been terrifying because he picks him up and he he tries to wrestle him. Oh yeah! As soon as he picks him up, he starts wrestling him, and he hasn't hurt him yet. But you're raising little boys, right? It happens. You remember how much Brody hit his head when he was a kid? Yeah, look at him now. Yeah, well. <laughs> a nut job. So let's talk about the librarian gig. All right. Because you're like 85 feet tall, so I would just be like, well, I got to put the Dewey Decimal cards back in the proper slots because I don't I don't want to catch a wreck from this dude. So uh, to be fair, I was a textbook clerk at the school, but I worked in the library and basically just helped the librarian every day. I did it for seven years. She tried to tell me I didn't. Because it wasn't. We did the math. It wasn't seven. It years. was six point seven five years. That's seven. Thank you. That's seven. She's like, you didn't do that for seven years. Like, no, he she can't believe eight. I would ever be right. He first said eight, and I was like, you didn't. You weren't there eight years. Well, you have to round up. That's what I do. My life is. I'm so old. Like eight just sounds like nothing nowadays. That's what I say. Yeah, I'm going to be thirty six. I say I'm damn near fifty two. <laughs> when whatever it comes down to doing something, that might be a little bit of a jump. I mean, to be fair, we've been together for 37 37 years, years, and I'm 52. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, like, I'm right there. Listen, not a spot of gray on that beard, though. What do you mean? There's gray in there. I was trying to be nice. (laughs) But you had to lift up a flap. Yeah, there's a couple. I mean, it's a good mix right now. Do you use the touch of gray? Yeah, she hates that. Okay. I, I like the dark beard. She wants to, yeah, I want gray. She doesn't. Well, Keith Hernandez uh, uses it on yeah. the, in, in the advertisements. I love Keith Hernandez. I like a little bit of distinguished salt yeah. and pepper in my yeah. in my whiskers. Me too. It adds something. Yeah, it does. Right now, it's not bad, but like when he really lets it go and it gets real gray, I'm like, you, you need to. You said that to me today, yesterday. She's going shopping. I simply asked two times. Hey, no, no, do you no. need anything at the store? No, no. Okay. And I go, do you need deodorant? I, do you need hair dye? I and said goes, no. Eh, no. I said, are you sure you don't need hair dye? Because. Yeah, thank because, you. No, thank no, 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 no. Because we've done this before where we've gone. He's had a big show and he's like, no, I don't need hair dye. And then we get into town and then he's like, shit, I should have bought hair dye. We need to go. We need to find a Walgreens. <laughs> that happened last time we were in New York City. Let for, me tell you how she said it to me, though. She I see said, the fear. I see the fear. She goes, do you need hair dye? And I said, no. She goes. Are you sure you don't need hair dye? <laughs> and I said, oh, are you trying to tell me something? She goes, oh, no, not at all. <sighs> I said, huh, I colored it last week. Okay, Fabe. Now, Amanda, what happens if he ever does decide to shave it down a little bit? Totally fine with that. 
So baby face is out of the question. Baby face. I don't know. I don't think I could do the baby face. Like, I don't know. I don't think our kids would be able to recognize you. Like, what was the last time your face actually felt sun? Uh, Like your chin specifically. When when we went to uh, Kevin, Kevin, our friend Kevin's wedding. I I can pull up a picture. 10 years. I'll tell you. I think 10 years. Okay. So you, when you were a textbook clerk assistant, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you had that facial hair. Yes. It wasn't quite this crazy. It was starting to grow. I haven't cut it. I trimmed it when I was a baby face last year. So did they know like, oh, this guy, he wrestles? Well, so the kids, uh, it was a seventh, eighth and ninth grade. So eventually a couple of the kids kind of found out and they'd come to my office and uh, Mr. Huber, uh, do you do anything on the weekends? <laughs> and I'd say, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And then a couple of times they'd show the other librarian, you know, they're like, hey, I think this is Mr. Huber in our YouTube video. Wow. Let me see. Oh, yeah. That's the last time he shaved. So drunk there. He's super drunk there. So then eventually uh, a couple of kids went to the local show and they said, oh, Mr. Huber, we saw you wrestle this weekend. And I didn't even notice him there. And I, you know, and then I was like, oh, no. So then it just kind of grew from there. But like the ones who were that were into it were very cool about it all. And uh, I helped coach a amateur wrestling team there. And a lot of them used to come to the shows and it was very cool. So the administration didn't have an issue. No, actually, I took all my time off, my sick days, my vacation days. And they had like two, I don't even remember what they were called, but like two other days that you could have off some union thing. And I would go to Japan. So the first time I asked the guy just, he didn't care. He said, yeah, yeah. Do you need extra days off? I said, yeah, I need seven more. And he said, oh, okay, no problem. They were very cool about it. If but you never got called up, would you think you would still be doing that job? No, they laid me off. Uh, That's a fun story. <laughs> Do you want to tell it? Uh, sure. Okay. Uh, so I was working my job and I put my two weeks in, start a new job. And my new job started on Sunday and Wednesday. I found out I was pregnant. Congrats. Yeah. So I kind of was freaked out. So I called him and I said, hey, um, we'll get together tonight, whatever. A couple hours later, he calls but, me and he is in tears. He's like, I just got laid off. Oh, this is good. And I was in tears. Yeah. You were upset. I don't know about that. You was upset. I never cry. Okay. Whatever. So. <laughs> cry all the time. <laughs> so he uh, tells me he got laid off. So we're supposed to do date night that night. And he's like, I'm just not in the mood. Can we do it tomorrow? So, okay, fine. So I'm like, I'll tell him tomorrow. Cause I'm not something I want to tell over the phone. Yeah, let me not drop this bomb. Yeah. So <laughs> Thursday comes and we're date night and we're sitting talking about his weekend. And he's telling me he's got a triple shot. So he's going Friday, Saturday, Sunday. He's going to be gone. And it was like. Try and get USA. Boston, Long Island. or so I don't even remember it the loop. But I know Sunday he was in the main event. It BB was in, King. It was in Times Square. And the show started at eight. So he wasn't going to leave until like midnight. And then he had to work on Monday. This is what I used to do. I used to leave New York City at 11 p.m. And then drive home and go to work on Monday morning. And it's like a five and a half, six hour drive to our house. Mm -hmm. Like you literally get home before he had to go to work. So I'm like. I know Johnny Gargano was in this match. Rich Swan was in this match. I think Ricochet. And I don't know who else. But I ended up at about 1030 that night. Uh, throwing a kick in the corner and dislocating my patella. So I got to the back and the doctor pulled out like this bag of pills that were multicolored and he ruffled through them. He said, just take these. I said, okay. I think it was just aspirin, but who knows? Good New York City doctor. 
and uh, proceeded to get in my car and drive the six hours home with one leg. Call her on the way home and said, yeah. Uh, my life's over. <laughs> exact words were, my life's over. I don't know what I'm going to do. I can't wrestle. I'm hurt. Now I'm jobless. My life is a disaster. What else could go wrong? And I'm thinking ahead. <laughs> pregnant with a kid we did not plan on at all like we were not married we were not even engaged and all i'm thinking in my head is oh this is this is real good fast forward to uh, tuesday no fast forward to thursday big law and order night no dexter dexter big dexter, dexter night dexter. so uh he had gone to the doctor found out you know it was going to be an easy surgery quick recovery he'd be able to wrestle again whatever so we're driving. He's like, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about this. Like Dragon Gate wants me to come over for a little bit longer. So I, I think things are okay. He goes, how would you like to spend your birthday this year? Would you want to go to Disney World or how would you feel about Tokyo Disney? I go, what are you talking about? He goes, well, Dragon Gate wants to bring me over. And I was thinking like having it worked into my contract that I, I get to bring you over for a week. And I'm thinking in my head, okay, November, I'm going to be mm, eight months pregnant. So it's not going to work out, but didn't tell him. So I'm like, well, we'll, we'll see when we get... And so our normal date night is we'd do dinner and then we would have some drinks and we'd watch a show and we were in the middle of Dexter. I had Diet Mountain Dew and, and vodka. vodka. And he asked me if I wanted a drink and I said and I no. Said, and I thought for sure he'd ask me like, oh, or make a comment. Nothing. I said, this is a great mix. Have a sip, honey. <laughs> she goes, no, I'm just, I don't feel like drinking. I said, I got to tell you something. And he's like, what? I go, I don't know how to tell you this. He goes, you cheated on me. I go, I didn't cheat on you. <laughs> And he goes, no, you just tell me. And I go, and I'm like hyperventilating. I'm like, I don't know how to tell you this. And he's like, it's, it's fine. Just tell me you cheated on me. We'll work through it. And I'm like, I promise you I didn't cheat on you. And we're arguing back and forth. And he's like, just tell me you effing cheated on me. And I go, I'm pregnant. And he stops. He stares at me. He grabs his phone and then walks out of the bedroom and goes into the bathroom. <laughs> now he leaves me in his bedroom. We had the lights off and we had the laptop open, ready to watch the show. So I'm in the complete dark in his bedroom for 15 minutes by myself. 15? I timed it because I was freaking out because I was like, oh my God, what, you is, were freaking what out. is going on? And I'm like, I was prepared for pretty much any reaction except that. He started angrily making cannolis. <laughs> I wish. So like I'm in the hallway and I'm like, is he still in the bath? Did he leave? Did he, is he fleeing down? So I sit back down. So he walks back in and he just stares at me. He looks at me and goes, so ready for some Dexter? <laughs> I go, what? He yeah. goes, we're watching Dexter, right? I, I go, you, you don't have any questions for me? Yeah. He goes, I don't know. Like what? I go, I don't know. Like how far along am I or how long have I known? Or I don't know. Even is, is it even, even yours? And he goes, well, is it mine? I said, yeah. yeah he Dexter. goes, okay. He goes, well, how long have you known? I said, well, about a week. And he goes, oh, week? How could you not tell me? I go, let's rewind this past week. That's a really good week. He goes, oh yeah. I, I see why you didn't tell me. And he goes, well, you know, it's okay. He goes, can we watch Dexter now? <laughs> Yep. I really like Dexter. So we watched Dexter. So you always wanted to be a dad. That was actually a breaking point in our relationship. And uh, we had broken up for a while. And I said I didn't want to be with him because I knew he didn't want kids. And he said, no, 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 I changed. I really do want kids. And I go, no, don't don't tell me that. Like, don't try and get back to me. Like, if that's not what you want, I'm not going to force that on you. But it's what I want. And so he convinced me that's what he wanted down the road. And it just happened to yeah. Happened a lot sooner than we then planned. Then she trapped me. Big time. So yeah, I wasn't sure I wanted to be a dad. You do it so well, though. Uh, He's a really awesome dad. I don't know if it's, it's not, it doesn't seem difficult. I think it does. Yeah, but <laughs> if you were gone five days a week, it's much easier. Okay. I can see that. <laughs> Where I live and what I do, I'm petrified to even consider the fact of having a child. 
And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I've sent you screenshots of my paycheck. It's deplorable. <laughs> it's like, I, hi. Well, to be fair, as soon as um, we had Brody in the hospital, I got hired that day. So everything changed for the better. Wait a minute. So when your wife is given birth. Mm-hmm. I went for my trial the first week of January 2011. She was um, nine months pregnant. He had told me, he was like, I'm done with wrestling. Like, I don't want to be that guy who's trying with a kid on the way. He's like, I'm going to finish out the year. I'll probably I didn't do want a to couple. Be, I didn't want to be Randy the Ram. And he's like, I want to do a couple Dragon Age shows and I'll do the local stuff, but I'm, I'm done trying. I was like, okay, whatever you want to do. So right around Christmas, he gets a call from Joey Mercury. And he was like, hey, we want to bring you down. And he's like, eh, I don't think so. And so he comes to me. He's like, yeah. He's like, they want me to go down. I don't think I'm going to do it. And I was like, what are What's wrong with you? He goes, well, first off, I didn't tell Joey that I said, you yeah. said, you said, I got to talk to my wife first. Yeah. But I said, I'll be down. No. Oh. Well, you didn't tell me that part. You just told, you told me you're like, I don't want to go back on my word. And I was like, you have to do this. Like you have to at least try. And he's like, oh, I don't know. But he's what was like, the apprehension? Is it because of the age? Was it the injury? Was it getting uh, your hopes up? And then I was due January 31st with our first and I they wanted him the first week of January to this, come down. At this point in life, I was pretty much done with professional wrestling. It had, uh, it gotten to a point where I just didn't enjoy it with the baby on the way. I was like, I can't, I can't be doing this. How many times did you do extra work before this? Uh, I think 18 or 19 total. And I never gotten a sniff. They never looked at me to do anything. They looked at me to be a paparazzi one time and then said you were too tall. When they came back through, they said, nope, you're way too tall. I did you ever play one of Undertaker's Druids? Oh my God. So I wanted to do that my entire life. And finally at WrestleMania third, 29. Whenever the last time they were in New York City. Whenever we were in, back here, we were on developmental. They called a bunch of us to be the, uh, the, yeah, the hands underneath the stage. And I was like, man, this is it, guys. And then I was like, we get to wear these cool outfits. We're going to carry these lanterns with fire on them. They go, okay, guys, here's, <laughs> here's your morph suits. So they gave us all these giant green morph suits. Yours is red. I thought green. No, no it's red. red. It's in the closet. And we had to like, we all just had to, we all just wore these more. It was nothing like being a Druid. I I didn't think it wasn't as cool. No, as but that intro was lit though. <laughs> it was awesome. And if you look close, my hand is the highest hand. So now they can go back on the network and <laughs> look at the biggest hand. Yep. That's okay. My- so you were like, ah, I don't want to play a Druid and be yeah, told I'm was- too tall to be a paparazzo. It was just. I don't know, man. Wrestling ruined me. And it's done that a few times to me. But of course, it's like the mafia. You know, you want you about to get out and pull you back in. And they did. And then I went down for the tryout and everything went really well. And I was like, well, I thought I was too old because at the time, 32 was ancient for them to be hiring. So you did the tryout. You did all the exercises, all this stuff. And then at the end of the week, I did a match with Dean Ambrose that they taped Oh, you worked with him up and well, down the roads, Rusev, man. If you ever have Rusev on, he loves to talk about how my tryout was set up because he's like, yeah, everybody comes in here and, you know, they send somebody in there that they don't know and they do the match and it's terrible. But you, you got pulled in the room with Ambrose and you guys called a match and you got to put all your spots together. So, yeah, well, that helps have little connections. That had to be relatively easy and stress-free, right? I mean, it wasn't stress-free. It's just still because I wasn't hired and all these people are just have these contracts and I'm like, man, how do half of these people have contracts? And it took me till I was 32. Were you a little, little, little cantankerous? Oh, very. And, uh, a little, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I think I'm the best in the world. So it's, it's troublesome to me when I see other people finding success, which I've, I've been working on because I think you should feel good for other people and not, (laughs) 
<laughs> try to cut them down at every turn. Never block another person's blessings. Right, right. Yeah. And what there's a I forget E. Maybe you hit me with the quote about uh, I don't remember what it is. I'm gonna mess it up. <laughs> Do it. The bowl never never reach into another man's. Yes, what you is, never what? reach into another man's. Never eat off another man's plate when your plate is full. Yes. And your plate run a full of It does, and I shouldn't be judging others. I don't think you judge. I don't I, think I'm, that at all. Oh, I do. Uh, I'm real bad at it. I'm trying to keep this <laughs> no, as fave as possible. No, don't worry. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> it's a, You've come a long way just in the past like year. And the good thing for me is uh, I started to look at it where I, f- I would look at this person and they would have success, and I didn't understand it, or I thought I deserved that. I would always just come back and say, well, if they can do it, so can I. Hmm. And then that kind of changed the way I look at things. So you did the match. They were happy with it. And- Very happy. Uh, and then we were in the hospital two weeks later, a week later, had the baby and we we're still working on a name because she wanted to name it Brody. And I was like, well, if I'm going to wrestle in the Indies at all, I'm not going to have my son named Brody. I'm not just, a mark for myself. That's just weird. <laughs> Clearly I am. <laughs> and so then they called Johnny Ace calls the phone cuts out in the hospital. Oh yeah. So I have a message that, uh, he cuts out. I answer the phone. It cuts out. He calls, leaves a message. The last four digits of his phone number cut out. So I look at her and I said, well, why would would they hire me now? I can't even answer my phone. So I call Claudio, get the number, call Johnny back. And I said, Johnny, I'm so sorry. I'm just having a baby in the hospital right now. (laughs) (laughs) All right, kid. Well, uh, we want to hire you. I said, Oh, okay, cool. Walked back in, I guess I said, I guess the name kid's name is Brody. So how did you decide on the second kid's name? Uh, we threw a bunch of names out and I said, well, what do you think of Nolan? And he said, I love it. Let's do it. And there was nobody you knew that had the name Nolan. Just Nolan Ryan, yeah. the pitcher yeah. who beat up Robin Ventura. But she wasn't so, I thought, oh, Rhino, we decided on the way back. So yeah. I was at this time when we had the baby, I was in Peru and she goes in for a doctor's visit. I get a call from her and I never get calls when I'm international. So I'm like, oh, hello. You have to come home. We're having a baby. I said, I just landed in Peru. She goes, yeah, yeah. They, uh, they won't let me leave the hospital. They want to have the baby. So I did a show that night because I like to make money. And then <laughs> and actually my flight was, to, to be fair, my flight was after the show. So I had no choice but to work the show. But I would have worked it anyways. Uh, got on a plane. I said, I'm coming home. She goes, okay. And I, what did I say? I said, I was, well, cause when I called him, I was like, we're having this baby. They, they won't let me leave the hospital. They told me we have to have the baby today. And I started crying. Cause I'm like, I, and my mom, God bless my mom, but she's in the background. She, it's fine. You know, doctor, is it okay if I bring my iPad, man, to tell John to get FaceTime and we'll just FaceTime. And I'm like, we're not FaceTiming the birth of my son. She's like, it's fine. And my mom, you imagine that in the locker no. room. <laughs> look at guys. Look at <laughs> and my mom's like talking over and I'm trying to talk to him and I just start crying and I go, here's the doctor, talk to her. And I just am breaking down, right? Because yeah. he's in Peru and, you know, it's seven weeks early and it just, it all kind of hit me. But yeah, so he texted me. And so little rewind, oh, uh, our, our older son kept saying, I'm going to have a baby brother and a baby sister. My sister's going to be named Isabella from the show Phineas and Ferb and my baby brother's going to be named Rhino. So then we were at uh, WrestleMania in Orlando. We were down at the pool and Brody goes up to Rhino, the wrestler. He goes, if I have a baby brother, his name's going to be Rhino. And he looks at me and goes, I didn't know you were pregnant. I'm not. <laughs> He's like, oh. So, you know, it became this long running joke that the baby's name was 
Kendrick Isabella Rhino because he wanted to name the baby Kendrick after Kendrick Lamar. First, I wanted to name the baby Wiz. That was Brody's name. I, I tried to name my first baby Wiz. Okay, that's cool. She wasn't having it. You are wrestle rat. <laughs> <laughs> so Bro- Brody was supposed to be Wiz. So Nolan was Kendrick. So his the whole pregnancy was Kendrick Isabella Rhino Huber. So he texts me and he's like, just breathe. He's like, uh, Nolan Rhino is going to be okay. And I go, is that his name? He goes, yep, that's his name. I said, okay. Nolan Rhino. Nolan Rhino. So on his birth certificate and awesome. social security card, it's R-H-I-N. Rhino. Yeah, that's awesome. That's cool. So. That's cool. So then the family up and leaves the hospital and goes right to Tampa. So yeah, I right. I went to Tampa. First, I... Uh, no, no, you got you to gotta tell uh, the story about how you were bitter and angry because... First off, I was a stay-at-home dad with a three-month-old. Killing it. Killing it. Bro, you do live the dream. I want to be a stay-at-home dad. It was actually pretty cool. I would just like really try to get him to sleep so I could play NHL on PlayStation. <laughs> that was my goal. All right. So how did and this then, happen? And what then I thought I wasn't getting hired. We went to Pittsburgh for medical and they were like, damn. What was it? You had a... Uh, I have loose knees. Loose knees. They kept checking my knees. They did MRIs. I had just had a surgery. Uh, and the other one was, I'm just old. I go, well, what do you think of the chances are to the doctor? I said, what do you think of the chances are that they're going to hire me? He goes, oh, I don't know. Oh, thanks, buddy. He had just spent 10 minutes telling me how bad my knees were. But he doesn't make decisions. So then uh, I don't think they found anything on the MRIs, send it away. And then they said, oh, we'll let you know. And we'll let you know. in no, they said two to three weeks. We'll let you know. Well, two to three weeks was WrestleMania week. So he's like, it's been three weeks and they haven't called me. And I said, you know, they've got other things going on. They told you you're going to get a phone call, yes or no, either way. So we haven't heard no. So let's focus on, I'm not getting hired. He was so, so miserable. Because my theory is, if you think negatively, (laughs) when good things happen, they're that much better. Uh, I went to work (laughs) and uh, got a phone call and he knew not to call me at work unless something was up. So I had a quick run in the back. I answered the phone. I go, what's up? He goes, I got bad news. I go, you got a job, didn't you? He goes, well, you can't let me have any fun. And I said, <laughs> I said, no. I said, I knew you got the job. And he goes, because how would you know? I said, I, I know you. You, If you had bad news, you would have waited till I got home to tell me in person. You wouldn't have called me at work. He goes, yep. So I went back out, told my store manager. I said, um, hey. I quit. Um, I need to put in my two weeks. We're moving to Florida. And she goes, oh, my God. The DM's going to be so mad at you. She's giving, because um, I was an assistant store manager. And I wanted to be a store manager. And I was getting my own store that next week. So I ruined, I goes, ruined your career. She goes, she's going to be so <laughs> mad at you. And I go, oh, no. So I left and went to Tampa by myself. And then they came three months later. Yeah. And then you started the whole developmental system. Yep. And all that. I stayed a year in Tampa. And then... Moved to Orlando, signed a lease because the performance center got moved. And then uh, one week later, we got called up to the main roster. So, wow. So you didn't even, you weren't even on the network days. You were on Hulu days. So, yeah. Or was it did, FCW? No, we did, we did Hulu because NXT, we did, uh, it was the very beginning of it. Yeah, it was Hulu. Wow. Yeah, because the network, was it around yet? No. Are you were the early days of the developmental yep. system. Yep. So it's completely different than oh what it God, is now. Very different. For better or worse, it was very, very different. Did they have the PC or no? No, no. PC. It uh, opened yeah. the week we moved to Orlando and he, the week he got called up because we had signed our lease for our place in Orlando and the place we were living in in Tampa was fully furnished. So we went and signed our lease in Orlando. We bought all brand new furniture to furnish this apartment. God damn it. And we, you know, gave our notice to our landlord in Tampa and 
the Monday before we moved, we were sitting on the couch in the living room and we were watching the Wyatt family promos on yeah. TV from Tampa, from Tampa. So then we moved to Orlando and then he went on the and road. And they called us up. So wait a minute. You found out that you were going so, to the main roster while watching the program. So we found we kind of got a heads up from Triple H at NXT. We said, hey, we're going to bring you guys as a group. Bray had been doing house shows alone. So we thought, oh, they're just going to take him and Give we're, we're, we're cooked. Yeah. We're going to have to figure this out. And then they finally told us. And then we shot a bunch of stuff. And we didn't know when or how it was airing. Or And then we were just sitting. And I got a text Literally seconds before, I said, turn on your TV. And then, boom, there was the vignette. And I was just, that was sort of freaking surreal. <laughs> I remember watching the vignette and Brody's looking at the screen. He's yeah. a little over a year at that. And he like, looks at the screen, looks at John on the couch, looks like, at the wait, screen. And he goes, how are you, Adada? How are you both places? <laughs> We're like, yeah, that's Dada. He goes, Adada. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, surreal. They and called you up pretty fast. 13 months. I, I mean, a lot of people love to remind me that I was only in developmental for 13 months because a lot of these guys did four years and five years and these crazy amounts of time. I just got caught in a perfect situation, perfect storm of Wyatt family tornado. And then you guys made an impact fast. Yep. And uh, first night, Baltimore. She was actually there for that, too, when we jumped Kane. You really are his biggest fan. <laughs> I really am. I've been there for almost all of his big matches, the, with the exception of your Intercontinental win. I've been there for... You were there for my Intercontinental loss. I was there. That was rough. I was front row for that. And I'm like climbing over people like, is he okay? Is he alive? Because it I was his uh, ladder match with in, Dolph Ziggler. In my head, Dolph Ziggler ladder match, Cleveland, I had this idea because Chris Benoit used to do this spot where he would dive and the guy would just hold a chair up and Chris Benoit would run into the chair. So I thought, man, let's do this with a ladder. So I go for the dive and Dolph's holding the ladder and he pushes it towards me. And just as I hit the ladder, we connect and me and the ladder just fall all at the same time. And I thought I broke my arm. I thought he was dead. And I'm climbing over people next to me. And I was like, excuse me. And I'm trying to like lean over to see him on the floor. And I was like, is this man alive? What is going on? So it was one of my better decisions. Yeah. But right before, in the beginning of that match, I hit the Johnny Manziel money taunt. And I've never been more proud of myself. <laughs> That was one of your singles yeah. defining matches. Oh, I love that match. Uh, it got way more violent than either of us intended it to. There's blood everywhere. Lots of cuts on our heads. I had staples. He got staples. Uh, we both were somehow safe in the end, but it was pretty awesome. Because I think a lot of people, especially the casual crowd that watches the mm -hmm. product, I don't think they knew your indie stuff. So I knew, and my brother didn't. My mm -hmm. brother's like, wow, he could go. And I'm like, dude, this ain't nothing, man. You should see what he was doing years ago. Right. And that really set the tone for you as a singles competitor because people could really see like, wow, okay, mm -hmm. he's just not the big guy right. in the Wyatt right. family. He's, not, he's just the guy that stands behind yeah. Bray while he talks. And, yeah. Yeah. And that's the other thing became a challenge of, man, I know I'm better than this, but here yeah. I am sitting back here. But at what point do you say, this is the best position I could possibly be in at this time? And then- kind of understand that and have a perspective about that of why would I want anything else? And we used to say, I used to text her every so often during TV and just be like, uh, if we weren't doing anything and I just had to go stand there for a Bray promo, I would just text her and say, okay, just extending my career. Because to me it was, I'm out there, I'm on TV, I'm being seen, but I'm not doing any damage to my body or anything negative. So I'm like, oh, and that's how in my head I kind of justified. Well, there are a lot of times. Yep. Where it would just be 
the promos yep. and you guys just standing there, standing there and then it would, that would have an impact. Lots people of standing there. Tweet about that. <laughs> Lots of standing there. And that, that worked though. I think yeah, at the, it, it was the perfect storm at the right yep. time. And that's the perspective you have to have is because in my head, I was like, man, I'm just back here being a backup dancer. But meanwhile, I was just part of a package that was very successful. And one of the best things that could have ever happened to me at that point in my career. So do you still have the sleeveless flannel shirt? The original one was stolen, and then the original one from Mania was also stolen. So two of my original sleeves are gone. I have a ton of other ones. Wait, how do they get stolen? So if you leave it by the ring and someone either swipes it too far and it goes right next to the crowd, they can just grab, reach down and grab it. Another distinct possibility is that I just left it in a locker room somewhere because I'm very forgetful. That's an iconic <laughs> flannel shirt, man. Uh, but yeah, no, the original one is gone. We have a, we have a bunch of them now. Oh, so I you think. keep all your stuff. Oh, I have tons He's of stuff. He's tried to get rid of it, and I, I have a little section in the class, and of all his, like, I, all of his white, his, like, dirty white taint tops. So they're not dirty. They're clean. They're grit, like. They are clean. People are baffled because mm. those were clean. Yeah. They were just so ingrained with filth for well, some of them I died. 10 years. Not very well, though. And then you moved to the black tank top. <laughs> I did. Big change. And in my head, I remember uh, someone being like, oh, you're changing your look. And I said, yeah, I'm going to wear a black tank top. <laughs> Kurt Hawkins was the best. It's like, you're not changing your look. I said, yeah, yeah, I'm wearing a black tank top. And then the he hair goes, was no. the bun. <laughs> I go, no. He goes, no, that's not changing your look. And he was right. But because to a point where if people see me in a tank top and jeans, they see Wyatt family. And again, you could see me with a mallet and singlet and crazy pants and people are still going to see Wyatt family. And I don't have a problem with that anymore. I did for a long time. I didn't want to be defined like that, but I don't have any problem with that anymore. So if you ever do get a singles run, what do you think? What do you do? What do you want to do? Like, how do you pitch that? I know it's all decided from one man. We all know that. I'm, I'm, that's a great question. Um, if I had to do it in a perfect world today, I would play my formerly known as in about three different set pieces over a few weeks and just let that be my profile piece and then put me out there like I am and say, this is who he is. This is what he does. This is how he lives his life. And he's a hell of a wrestler too. I would love to say you're going to go as Brody Lee. <laughs> yeah. He's been damaged though by the Wyatt family. But then they can bring in Grizzly Redwood as your oh, heater. I wish. One of my favorite tag team partners of all time. I was so disappointed when you turned on him. I was disappointed too. I was like, what is he doing? So I also remember we were told, and I don't know what the heat, I think he had some heat somewhere, but I was told, oh, you're turning on him and uh, you're kind of the guy that has to beat him up, like kind of with a wink and a nod. And I was like, I'm not going to beat up Grizzly. He's, he's the best. So I remember they wanted me after one of our matches where it was awesome. It was like a seven minute match. And it was great. Uh, it was actually at trios. They wanted me to put him in a garbage can and, you know, just kind of like be done. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not, that's so disrespectful. I'm not doing that. Put your foot down. Yeah, you were firm. I, I said, Oh, I got to the back. So oh, I forgot to do that. <laughs> Sorry about that. What if it happened to ultra mantis black? I don't know. I think he still plays music and wrestles somewhere. That was the greatest gimmick, and I was never able to get the Ultraman oh, black t-shirt in, in the black flag. Oh, yeah. You might still be able to. On his website? No, I oh, looked. Okay. I did the Google search. All right, I don't know. And I was really upset about that. I was like, I really wanted that. I don't have one, or I'd give it to you. Uh, that is nice of you. <laughs> that is really nice. I'd, and I'd wear it. Isn't I'd that nice it. if I say, oh, I don't have one? 
but I'm off. It's like, yeah, I'm offering something I know I don't have. Is that nice or is it conniving? Um, I think because I know you, you come from a genuine place. <laughs> I mean, we could send him a big rig Brody Lee shirt. Can we? We've got a couple of them, yeah. You know what? Could you send me one of the dirty, clean tees? Do you want a black one? Do you want a white one? What do you want? I don't. There's you, one that's got stitches on it. That yeah, that one can't. What be. are you gonna do with a dirty wife beater? I'm gonna wear it in the gym. <laughs> And flex the pipes and then text you a photo of it. Uh, all right, we'll get them one. And I'll even put the, the bandanas around my arms. So for Halloween, uh, I will be Brody Lee. Okay, we can do Luke that. Harper, whatever we want to yeah, call Yeah, I mean, him. I would say Brody. I'll put the tape around my boot. <laughs> really? It's Brody. Man, you can step outside if you want. Yeah. Okay. Well, I know he probably wants to say out of too. Oh, all right, so we'll wait. We'll just pause this. My mom's like called yeah. like a hundred times. I'm like, is there an emergency? She's but like, Brody's we'll, crying. But then, oh, she, but then she won't answer. But then when she calls, they won't answer. Mm. My mom does not understand how to use her iPad. So she just pressed the button. Yeah, right. Thank you. She literally just texted me back. Hello? Hello? Hello. Sorry about you. Wait a second. My son there? Hi. Hi, bro. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, bud? You can't sleep? No. How come? Yeah, you. you what? He misses you. Oh. You. Tell him to tell him to snuggle pickles. Why don't you snuggle pickle pickles? He's in my bed. Is Monka in the bed? Yes. Okay. Why don't you just lay next to her and close your eyes? I'm sorry, buddy. I love you. Hey, can you do a dragon breath for me? So we do this thing with him where, like, when he gets super upset, we make him breathe. But, you know, telling a six-year-old to breathe works as well as baptizing a cat. So we make him do dragon breath. So he has to breathe like a dragon and go. Okay. And it gets him breathing. It gets him calmed down. down So our thing is, like, when he's upset and he's crying, like, I won't talk to him when he's crying. Because I know, like, when I'm crying, I don't want to be talked to. Yeah. Uh, So... You sure? With him, I treat him how I would want to be treated, and I try and get him okay. calm before, especially if he's in trouble. Like, yeah. I'll let him cry and I'll let him be upset. Yeah, I'm like, okay, when we're, once we calm down, then we'll talk about why he's pickles? in trouble. Yeah. So, because I'm, I'm super into like the positive parent. Yeah, yeah, and, like, yeah. All that nonsense. But I don't know. I feel like it's, it, it reflects well because every time anybody meets Brody, they're like, he's a really, really good kid. What is pickle pickles? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> When John was rehabbing from uh, his knee injury, he came to Orlando, or he went back to Orlando oh, to. Hold on, um, can you can you press the button? He went to Orlando to do. So when he was okay? in, uh, okay? he was down in Florida for uh, okay. rehab, and like right before he was going to get cleared okay. to go back. Um, we'd promised him to go to Build-A-Bear and we're at him, I had him at Build-A-Bear and he's like, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay. Can I buy one for daddy? And I was like, Love daddy it. doesn't, he's like, daddy needs a friend to take on the road. So we bought this bunny and Brody named him Pickle Pickle and he, we did the recording thing and that's what the recording was. Hey, bro. Hi. Hi, pumpkin. I love you. Hey, I love you too. Take some dragon breaths for me. Okay. Okay. All right. Love you. I love you, bud. Love you. Sorry about that. No, 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 please. It's all right. I can, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll cut all this stuff out, but or I might keep it. I don't yeah, know. Leave it. <laughs> I, might, I might leave it because it really shows, especially that little 
formerly known as thing that was YouTube. It actually showed that you're a, a loving dad, and it shows like the relationship between father and son. And I got a kick out of that because once again, that does something and adds another dynamic to who Luke Harper right. is outside of the world yep. of professional wrestling. And to sit here for the time that we've been talking with your lovely wife and you, and hearing the interaction with you and your kid, it's a nice thing, man. Yep. And it shows that you're an understanding dad. You can be this this brute in the ring and this right. masculine guy, but then there's this sensitivity and softness, yeah. which really highlights you as well. I've learned quickly that uh, force and I guess stuff like that doesn't get really a message across to a one to six year old. He's such a good dad. Like he, honest Scott is the best dad. Keep going. Um, <laughs> just, just like the bunny said, he's the best uh, dad I've ever seen. And he's, you know, I'm very big into the positive parenting thing and the fact that, you know, he took to it and he's just as positive and we don't like, neither of us, we don't hit our kids. We don't believe in it, but are the way our kids behave, you'd never know that. And he jokes, he's like, do you? beat them when I'm gone because like I'll I'll shoot I'll shoot I'll shoot the mom look and Brody will stop what he's doing but he knows that like I'm I'm very big with follow through so if I say hey pick up your toys or they're going in the garbage like there's been a couple times where the toys have made it into the garbage so he knows that like when I say to pull them out and hide them somewhere else smart His wrestlers are his favorite toy in the world, but he has literally every wrestler and possible. For the, for the most part, with Brody, at least, he gets like that when he's exhausted. Yeah, and if he's you, super tired. If you can calm him down for 30 seconds to a minute and he puts his head down, he'll so. be sleeping. So it's just, I guess, he gets putting, ultra that, emotional yeah, putting when that initial tired. fire. Out. And I just try to talk to him like I want to be talked to. Or yeah. We both have yeah. soothing, monotone, low voices. Right. You know what I mean? So it's right. It's nice and soothing to hear. I was about to go to sleep during Dragon <laughs> Breath. But see, that's the thing. Like I, when he, you know, when your your kids crying and screaming, you scream back, and I'm like, yeah, it no, just, it's just chaos. It just incites them and to so, cry more. Like the other night, it happened. Brody had a meltdown, and. I let him kind of have his meltdown. He's like, go talk to him. I said, in a minute, when he's calmed down, he'll come talk to me. And he came in. He was still like, <laughs> and I said, dragon breath, dragon breath. And then we talked about whatever I had yelled him. I forgot. He attacked you. Oh, yeah. He uh, I was teasing. He was teasing me all day. And then I started teasing him. And he got mad about me teasing him. And he came up and tried to punch, like, tried to throw punches at me. And I was like, absolutely not. You do not hit out of anger. You do not hit me. You're, you're going to bed right now. And he had a meltdown. But we had a long talk about how we don't hit out of anger. He hasn't since? He hasn't, no. And it was, that was like the only time he's ever done that. I've never seen him, you know, he... Uh, he did it up to a bunch of the guys in the locker room when they were playing Tekken. Oh, you didn't tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> what, did you just crack him? Uh, I guess he would lose and then try to fight him. <laughs> so I guess Samoa Joe twisted him up. You didn't tell me that. <laughs> I would yep. not have been happy to hear that. Uh, He's learning, though. You can put your hands on somebody, well, they're going to defend back. The best is they said that they would, like, neutralize him, and then he would just, like, throw his head. <laughs> oh, he's smart. He's smart. But that's the wrestling he's doing, though. Oh, of yeah. course. Yeah. Are you nervous about that, Amanda, that he's doing the wrestling? Not nervous. I get... It's, I get it's he's not anxious. taking bumps for anybody that's thinking he's... It's rough. He's man. doing, like, it's you know, tough, amateur wrestling. It's, it's amateur, but so... He's a six-year-old kid, and he goes out there on a mat in front of people by himself and either gets put on his back or, like, just has to put his will on another little boy. And he's six. I don't know if he understands it. Yeah. It's very intense. 
who did you say told you? It was an E where it uh, was like, e and- when you go out there, you're out there completely alone. So when you win, you win alone. When you lose, you lose completely alone. Cody Rhodes, uh, E, and Chad Gable have all said that it's just going to get worse for us as parents if he keeps in it and keeps moving on. Well, and he genuinely loves it. That's why I love it. Every wrestler I know is a, if not strange, very good person uh, that has a work ethic of some sort. And I think it'll be the best thing for him when he wants to sign with WWE. <laughs> he has to be a second generation. You got to, but the kids got to do jits though. I love him. Well, he, he, Just I think wait he'd till be you good meet him. And he's, he's a pro wrestler in the making. He's like, he's never stepping anywhere in the ring. And then we'll go my, to shows and I'll be like, bro, you want to go work out in the ring? My six year old son understands the business more than 95% of our locker room. I think. See, but that's wild to me that he loves what his dad does and he gets to experience right. In another way that not many are privy to, Mm -hmm. you know, like you always say that him and Big E are best friends. And I think that's adorable because he gets to see another world. He gets to see these guys inside as performers or characters on TV. Mm -hmm. And then he sees them in the other way. Is he starting to differentiate like dad at home and dad on TV? And I think he's always been able to differentiate that. He just talks about it in such a funny way. He understands the difference completely. But like uh, if we're out. And we see a fan with a wrestling shirt on. He'll whisper in my ear like, Dad, I'm not going to tell him it's you. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, thanks, Brody. (laughs) Or like uh, he'll be with his friends at school. He's like, I didn't tell anybody that I'm Luke Harper's son. I was like, oh, good. Did I tell you? I picked him up from the gym the other day in the little kid's room and uh, this little older boy, he probably was like 10. It's like, have a good night. He's like, it's good to meet a fellow wrestling fan. Brody looks at me and goes, yeah, I told him uh, we were talking about wrestling and he we, we talked about Luke Harper and he goes, yeah, he, he he likes Luke Harper. He's a fan. But, you know, I told him I just call him Dada. I don't call him Harper. I call him Dada. But yeah, he he completely he gets it. One time I was walking down a hallway with Kalisto and Brody was between us. We were holding his hands and uh, we were wrestling that night, me and Kalisto. And I said, Brody, who who do you want to win? Clearly, I wanted him to say me. But he said, oh, you're, you're both going to win. No problem. And I was like, man, this kid, he gets it. <laughs> You're right. My favorite thing, though, is you ask him, Brody, who's your favorite wrestler in the world? Oh, Biggie. Always Biggie. Always. He measures love <laughs> in our house based on Biggie. He'll Not say, even joking. He'll say something like, Mama, I'm mad at you right now, but I do love you more than I love Biggie. No, never more. <laughs> oh, it's as always much. Lo- as, it's much. Ev- as much. It's That's, always equal. That is, the, that is the peak. I've never gotten a mama, I love you more than Biggie. It's always... Mama, I love you as much as so I love you. So that's the basis, the the barometer of love in our houses. Is now you Big have e. to convince Big E <laughs> to come over and sleep over. We were able to do the thing with the up, up, down, down, where he replaced me as a dad for a, a spot. And that was that was pretty awesome. Well, so leading up to that, we flew in and uh, I flew in with the boys the night before. It was my first flight with the baby and Brody. And we you know, had a layout of just a nightmare of a flight and we get into new Orleans at like 1130 at night and we're, we grab our bags from the claim. And as we're walking to the rental car, he goes, so we're going to go see Biggie right now. He's like, he's not even in this town right now. No, we're not seeing Biggie. Okay. In the morning. And I was like, we'll see. Like, I don't know when we'll see Biggie. mama. You told me that when we got here, I'd see Biggie. I said, I told you we'd see him this week. And then the first thing in the morning, I said, Hey, do you know who we're seeing today? Meeting his father. Biggie? I said, no, we're seeing Daddy today. He goes, to be f- oh. To be fair, I've offered Biggie a chance to invest in my son's future by giving him $50 to a week, just in a savings account, 
and Biggie has yet to sign on the dotted line. So I think the love is only one way. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell Brody that. Oh man, let me tell you something. I could continue this all night, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put a cap on it here because you have such a rich WWE career now and I'm loving the stuff that you're doing (laughs) as a dad and I love the relationship that you have with your wife you guys work well together and I love the fact that you guys it is (laughs) but I love the fact that you guys came here opened up your lives to me a little bit and really embraced the fact of just having a conversation and being so open and honest that you know people would hear about you know this is the most we've talked in years it's just true (laughs) So I just want to say, I just want to say thank you. And thank look you. at me helping, <laughs> helping build a, a, a stronger marriage. Fostering. Yeah. I feel like this is the first time anybody's like given a shit about anything I've had to say. Listen, so. the wrestler's wife is a very, very important role that people sleep on. It is on. one of the most important roles. And he always puts that over to you. To yeah. He always. You hear a lot of nightmare stories that. on the road and uh, I'm very lucky. I don't argue with him when he's on the road. I wait till he gets home. Well, we talk, we actually joke about we should start fighting more so that I don't miss home as much. Yeah. So I just want to stay on the road because I, I like being home and maybe too much. I don't think that's ever a bad thing. <laughs> I mean, you, look what you're putting your body through to have a nice home. I love so. it. Just continue to do what you're doing. So I guess uh, Twitter and Instagram. Insta- big Instagram guy. Yeah, huge. I'm still waiting for a follow back. He follows like five people. Yeah, I don't really. And I'm I've, the only person. He follows like National Geographic and NASA. Joe Rogan gets on there. The only reason he follows me is because my Instagram was private. If I knew my wife couldn't see who I follow, I'd follow a lot more people. Because <laughs> I care. But uh, brother, I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. Amanda, it was a pleasure. Thank you. This is fun. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How great was that conversation, man? That guy is freaking awesome. And I will continue to talk about him as if he is here because guess what? He is. Energy never leaves. Remember that. When somebody leaves this existence, physically, they're gone. But energy-wise, spiritually, they're here. They don't go anywhere. If you follow Amanda Huber on Instagram, she shares like these things where like he's around and he sends little signs. And he has sent me signs as well. And it'll always be Brody Lee forever. I am eternally grateful for that dude because if it wasn't for him and a few other friends and some family, I don't know if I would be here right now having a conversation on oral sessions, working with Renee and working with the volume sports. I don't know where I would be in my life. And, you know, one of Brody's mantras was work hard and you will get to your dreams. And I genuinely believe that want plus do equals have and you got to work towards it. You got to work extremely hard at it. And that was one of the things that Brody would always tell me to do. Work at the thing that you want the most and be greater than great. And I'm forever inspired by that man. And I will continue to just wave the flag of Brody Lee. But that's it. We're out of here. I hope you had a really good time. I had a great time with you today. I appreciate the love and support that you've given this podcast. Big shout outs to everybody from the Volume Sports because we've been working incredibly hard to create some really cool and different type of programming while Mama Paquette is doing Mama things. I know she appreciates you as well and she will return soon. So if you want to follow everything Renee Paquette to stay up to date, you know how to do that. 
If you want to follow me, you can do that as well. E-M-I-L-I-O-S-P-A-R-K-S. Like I said in the beginning, help me get to at least 10,000 subscribers because I would love to just rub it in my little brother's face. Like, haha, bro. I have the swipe up feature too now. It's, it's all a flex. That That's pretty much what it is. It's all a flex. So let's flex together on my little brother. Why not, right? You can follow The Volume Sports on Twitter and Instagram as well, at The Volume Sports. Volume has a YouTube channel. Follow that. Renee has a YouTube channel. We are so close to 100K, babies. I can taste it. I've never wanted something more my entire life. We have been really cultivating a cool YouTube channel. So if you love the audio version, then I think you will love the visuals that accompany the audio podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe this podcast. Give us five stars. Say nice things. Because the more you do that, it helps the computers pute and we move up the ranks. So just say nice and complimentary things about Renee. I know you guys don't want to hear me ramble anymore because I feel like it's been 12 hours. I'm out of here. Be good. Be great. Stay blessed.